Hi, I'm Eugene Cordero, Professor of Meteorology and Climate Science at San Jose State University. I'm also the founder of Green Ninja, a middle school publisher that uses climate and environmental solutions as a lens for teaching science and engineering. Today's episode is a little different from usual. I had the opportunity to listen in on some teachers who were sharing some of the challenges and opportunities for engaging students during the lockdown. The teachers had agreed to meet and trade notes as all teachers recognize the immense challenge required to keep students engaged over these screens. On one side of the call is Elizabeth Brooking, a wonderful and committed teacher who I worked with myself for a number of years. Elizabeth teaches science to students in grades six, seven, and eight. On the other side of the call are Mitch and Leticia Kiwan, teachers of science, math, English, and social studies. This year, they are team teaching 96th grade teachers. Both sets of teachers are working in California schools within largely underserved communities. Let's listen in as we start with Mitch and Elizabeth discussing finding the carrot to encourage students to attend Zoom sessions and to engage. I think we found the carrot and the carrot was being able to communicate with each other and then also letting them sort themselves into that position of the top third that want to be engaged in leading the discussion. So what, what we've found is it's really helpful to make those connections with them. They tend to be the same group that the parents are very connected. So um, mm-hmm. having Zoom meetings with the parents and mm-hmm. if language is an issue, you can have the kids present. Um, right. You can't really put a sticker on the screen or give them a candy, but their parents are very capable of doing much more. So what we've done is we've asked them to teach their parents how to view their weekly Google Classroom Mm -hmm. and keep track of their attendance. So, you know, once we communicate with the parents, and it's always the same case, parents want their kids to succeed. Kids are telling their parents they're doing all their work. It's not not the full truth. They're doing something. And so I think that, um, mm-hmm. you know, the explanation of you go to work for eight hours, you want to get paid for eight hours. So if you've been, been in mm-hmm. class the whole time, you want to get full credit. And so the kids are very aware of what they'd like to negotiate from their parents. Even though they're at home, they still want games. They still want clothing, shoes, trips, mm-hmm. permission to go places. And so even though it's a fine line between telling people how to parent, um, it's also really useful when the kids see that you close mm-hmm. that circle and now the mm-hmm. communication is between all of you together. And so if we keep it on a positive say, I want you to get all of the rewards that you've earned. And so it's really important that you've set yourself SMART goals or tasks for the week. It might seem like a lot of work right now, but the returns are really good. Once they start monitoring their work weekly, they want to have a good time on the weekend. And so making sure that the activities, number one, are doable, right? And so the you're going to have some kids who are zipping through. What we've found is that if you allow them to share their screen and lead the class, all of the students prefer to listen to other students rather than Uh to us as teachers. Uh So in a way, that's another reward. Another issue was we weren't sure, should we have cameras on? Should we have cameras off? Uh, We had some incidents where some kids took a picture uh, we shut all the video down. We communicated with the parents. We let the principal know the child came in, had their own private breakout room with nobody else in it. Not fun. Okay. And then we realized it's we're in the opposite situation. No longer is the recess a reward. It's being able to see other kids. And so what that means is everybody loves to see everybody else, but some kids are doing this thing. If you're doing that, then we're going to remove you because really what happens, it's a two-way communication. 
uh, we were getting some of this with the phones down. And so our policies are going to be a little bit different because you do have a charter school. In some ways you have more flexibility. In other ways, uh, you mm. really want to make sure that you don't lose any students, right? Uh, yeah, I'm worried really if I push them for the camera, they're just going to come out of here. Yes. It's so part of that the politics that you're going to have to wade through at your site and then see how much support do you have? What are your constraints? Are you using breakout rooms? If so, how? And is that an issue? I do try breakout rooms. I even have an adult there with me. And still, it's really hard to get kids to talk. Something that we found that kind of worked was we started to focus. Sometimes we get so fixated on the ones who are showing up and the ones who aren't doing the work that mm -hmm. we forget the ones who are. And so mm -hmm. we flipped that and we started calling those parents and letting them know thank you for having them there. All of a sudden, their participation was 100 times even more than it was before. So other kids were seeing that. And because of that, we told them that if they were able to keep their camera on the whole time, that lets us know that they're going to be able to go into a breakout room. What we found was that they wanted to be together, to watch each other, to look at each other. So that became mm -hmm. their reward, and they were able to do that, to be able to chat together or just to see each other in a breakout room. And I had another computer there, so I would put my uh, Mrs. Kiwan's helper in with them, so I was able to see them all at the same time. Mm -hmm. I also... He was wearing earbuds, which um, even though he didn't have them plugged in, they made them think that he was listening to everything. So it kind of worked out that way. And then the other thing that really helped um, just this week that he did that, I, that I'm going to start doing is doing um, whole class quizzes. So you have one person share their, their screen and everyone else is watching that. And even if they're just copying it, the point is they're actually trying to go together and try to answer. They're trying to follow along where everybody's doing and get the answers. Um, mm -hmm. But you have to be in class to do that. And so that actually guaranteed that they were going to show up. Otherwise, they're going to get a zero. So the whole class quizzes, that worked out really well. And then having one person share their screen and also um, having someone else talk about what they're seeing on the screen at the same time. Mm -hmm. Kids got really excited about hearing someone else talk, but watching the screen at the same time instead of seeing you know my face the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, and that really... Like they're super excited about that. All of a sudden I have about about half of the kids who are doing that. One of the uh, something that we've said in our, in our for SOPs is that for you to go into a breakout room, you have to be comfortable having your camera on and camera with your face, because if you can't do that in the group, then you probably can't do that in a breakout room. So that's also helped increase participation. Yeah. And even if they're not participating, the fact that they have their camera there and I can see that they're not looking down or, you know, looking somewhere else and talking mm -hmm. to someone else. And I give them credit for that. And I tell them that's what their credit, that's what their grade is for is participation is just having the camera on and I'm seeing that they're there. And so that has increased um, the amount of participation per class because it really, uh, they wanted to hear someone else speak they wanted to see someone else give the answers because all they had to do was copy. But at the same time, they're getting a little bit more than they would if it was shut down and they weren't going to do it anyway. So at least now they're copying and forcing them to read along and figure out what's going on at the same time. So it's really, like you said, we don't have raffles we can give away or because we can't see them and be with them. But this was, that's something that's really helped this past week that we just started. And he, that I'm definitely going to implement next week. So yeah. we've, we've turned the page in some ways, and um, we now have reached all of the parents, and we have had a chance to teach the students how to share their Google Classroom with their points and percentages. Uh, that's really made a really big difference. 
And so all of the students now know that at the end of the week or at any given point, they need to show their parents their percentages in each of the classes. Okay, how do you know they're doing that or what feedback do you get? Because we Zoom with them. Like last night I had a Zoom at like 6.30. Mom got home, so we sat down and they had to share their screen and show their Google Classroom. I also on my, I have a class website and there is a how to, how to view your Google Classroom, how to, all of those things. So they had to show their parent. So the parent had to be there and see that. It does take a lot of time, but it was really, um, like I said, we, we flipped who we were calling. We we're calling those who, thank you to the parents. Thank you for making your child be there. Thank mm-hmm. you for doing this. And their uh, motivation, and they began to chat more um, because they were participating, which means mm-hmm. everybody else was like, well, what are they doing? And they spent half their time reading the chat, I'm assuming, because some of, they started turning on their camera and I would see them just mm-hmm. reading. They weren't really participating but they were reading. So I'm getting something from them. And then I would mention, oh, I called you. Remember I called you yesterday? Well, you know, whatever, it, whatever it was, trying to have that connection. And now we're just, uh, for the first, this has been uh, the first weekend that we haven't called someone. It's a lot of upfront work where yes. we're mm-hmm. calling and calling and calling. Mm-hmm. The other benefit is we do use Class Dojo and we mm-hmm. convert at the end of the week to participation points. And so just being mm-hmm. there gets to a point Having your camera gets you a daily point. Yeah, uh, okay. Also use the randomizer on every question that we do so that they don't know who I'm going to call. I gave them a few seconds to turn on their microphone, and if they respond, then they can either say the answer or they can say, I'm not sure, and I'll ask them, go ahead and choose somebody else. So it becomes a fun game. <laughs> One of our experiences is we have 30 people trying to communicate through a pinhole camera. And uh, we don't realize that we feel all the pressure on ourselves, but the more we can get them to relate with each other on the task, mm-hmm. that's going to be fun. And so another thing that we found to get them there on time is we're both spending the first three to five minutes reading a very engaging chapter book. And so what that does is that makes them want to show up and it's like a cliffhanger. We're going to stop on this page. Mm-hmm. So if on time, you have the benefit of catching that little segment of a book. And all of us have found that that's really helping them be on time. Even when it gets to a rough part in the book, they're like, oh, you know, go ahead and tell us what's going on. You know, so they still want to be there. Mm -hmm. I think some things that have increased uh, attendance and then um, negotiating with the parents. I've been doing jokes in the morning, like right first thing. So if they're not on time, Mm -hmm. joke. And I always, sometimes, and I think it's maybe being a little bit mean, but towards the middle, and I go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at that joke we talked about earlier. And so if kids weren't there, we're just like, what? What, what are you talking about? So it's kind of like a, a little reminder to be there. I'm also, ha- I just, um, this weekend, we'll see if it gets um, done, but I have a student who is translating a video I made lesson that's translating mm-hmm. it into his language, into Pashtu. So that I'll have that available, and then I'm going to show it and demonstrate how someone else is teaching the same lesson I'm doing, but in their language. And mm-hmm. so as a kind of a something as a, as a motivator to that, that they were able to do that. And so um, especially with our um, with your Spanish speaking students, you could have someone try to do that in Spanish or just kind of reteach whatever you're doing. Kids, is, they love um, doing things like that, those little extra things, especially the, your high achievers who are mm-hmm. actually going to class. That's a great reward. 
um, because they are really wanting to, to demonstrate their knowledge. I think if you can overcome the language barrier with your parents, and so one suggestion is if you want to record a screencast of three to five minutes for any particular activity and then ask uh -huh. a group of your students to then record it in Spanish okay. or another primary language, and then once you verify it says what you want it to say and you have the right permission, it might be a good idea to share it. It's a great way to connect with parents. Just the, the how-tos of any type of relationship you have that you're communicating with your students and have a student record it in the primary language. And then you can actually uh, send a link out through Class Dojo so any parent can watch it, if, in, depending on the, the language. But that's something, that's some way mm -hmm. that they can understand, like, this is, mm -hmm. what, is your child, uh, can, have you checked their grades? Do you know how long they've been on? Please contact me if, you know, things like that. I am struggling to get every parent on Class Dojo. They're not. It's not just me either. So I guess that's a phone call. It's really hard to send it out. This is a communication at my school has apparently always been difficult with struggling parents. So yes, you can find a reason to celebrate every child in a different way. So a posting where the parents see, they're really interested in seeing who's being rewarded. And so always posting the positive, always making the two or three positive contacts home for any reason. Parents want to get good news. And so we also found that some of the parents that were hardest to reach were the ones that traditionally also made their kids struggle in school. Mm -hmm. So uh, simple victories for some of the kids in these difficult times. We just did a posting yesterday of congratulating two of our students for being champions of sixth grade. And, but he didn't say for what. They were playing chess. So, you know, I was kind of wondering, like, what, what champions are what? You know? And then we also have to remember that some of our parents, especially if they're struggling financially, lost their phones. I mean, they don't have that. Yeah. They don't have connection so we just mm -hmm. have to be aware of that but if they do have one having um because parents talk and the community figures out who's getting you know, like did you um just naming really positive kids in dojo and class story um really gets parents mm -hmm. to want to figure out who's being talked about it's kind of like facebook when you hear someone's talking about it all of a sudden you want to join mm -hmm. facebook which we're trying not to do but <laughs> like all of a sudden we're like wait 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 who's talking about what so mm -hmm. same kind of buzz we're trying to create Something that you're working on and probably trying to wrap your mind around it the same way we do is how to accommodate the different levels of English learners in your classroom. Mm -hmm. They can participate mm -hmm. and uh, have that extra support. It's, it's a big idea right now, taking care of equity and making sure we don't leave kids behind. And so in being mm -hmm. creative, uh, we give our students who speak the same language an opportunity to share in their language while others are working on something else in the notes that's mm -hmm. on there. Um, it's also very engaging because even students who don't speak that language are very interested in hearing okay. them speak alone. That's good. So you do that in a breakout room or in a full group? In the full, full group. group. You said you only have one breakout room. So when would students go in the breakout room? It depends on how many computers you have. So, for example, yeah, I have 40, about 45 instructional minutes, so I'll keep everybody together for the first 10 minutes. And that way I know and I've checked and assessed who mm -hmm. gets the privilege. And then I'll let the uh, independent group where I can monitor cameras on. I have a headset on. Sometimes I'm listening. You know, occasionally they get startled because they, I'm, the camera's off. They don't know when I'm seeing them. I can see them. I can hear them. I can read their chats. And then so I bring them back five to ten minutes before the end of class. Sometimes they're with me the whole time because, you know, we're covering all the material. But if it's one of these lessons that I flipped and they did the recordings at home, they did the readings at home, they demonstrated mastery. I really want them to come in. I want them to give the students' perspective to the kids who are struggling. 
And then I want to reward them with time with their friends. We're starting to form that they fell out to let us know if they were on task, if there's someone that wasn't really cooperating in the class mm -hmm. or in the breakout room. Mm -hmm. So then you know, without putting the blame on them, I just, we don't let them go back in. We haven't had that issue yet, but it's a good way for them to feel like they can let you know if someone's being bullied. So the breakout room is an area that they can basically do anything they want during that time because they've already demonstrated sure. that and they, they did the flipped classroom thing. They've demonstrated they understand this. And so this is their reward. Very close. We ask, we ask that they talk about upcoming assignments so that they're previewing. Yeah. But I ask that they, you know, somebody share a screen and talk about the next assignment. And so, you know, I do ask them to keep it half and half. So mm -hmm. we're moving forward. Those sound great. I'll try more of that too. Does your school support this structure? So we've been given a lot of flexibility and we decided as a group that we did not want to send any students to breakout rooms by themselves. So the only breakout room we use is one with a computer right beside us, where we can see who's in there. It's camera mandatory. So for anyone who wants to go in there, they have to have the camera. The other thing I was going to tell you that we do is we have a public chat. No private chats. You can only mm -hmm. chat publicly and with us. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes if they start getting distracted with text talk or inside jokes, we turn that off. Whoever did that needs to stay after and discuss to us about why, you know, it's a little unpleasant to see inside jokes. You don't know what people are talking about. So we've done that a couple mm -hmm. times and it's working very well. They want to read each other's work. So typically what's going on there is the students who are already typing quickly, they want to engage each other. And I say, that's okay. As long as we're academic, you can be positive, uh, no put down. So there's a lot of this um, collaborative code of conduct building mm -hmm. As you mentioned, the SOPs, Standard Operating Procedures. So it's really been six months of learning how to have your face on camera, projecting your voice. I remind them all that they all told their last four teachers that they all wanted to be YouTubers every single year. <laughs> you know, because I heard this for the last four years. I'm like, can you tell me what a YouTuber does? And they're like, well, they so this is the first year that none of them are running to say they want to be YouTubers. I'm like, <laughs> we are all YouTubers now. And so, but you know, if you go back and you see the people that you follow and they start laughing. So part of it is to get them into talking about how they interact online. They love these YouTube videos. And their YouTube video people are their stars. And so getting them to talk about what they do and spend their time, as long as it's, I always say, as long as it's something that you don't mind repeating with grandma present and the principal, then that's the discussion <laughs> I want to have here. If you would blush or be unpleasant and to give you a trip to the principal's office, please remember not to keep it here because it'll go past me. You guys know these things. And so once you're able to share, though, about their experience of, seeing their YouTubers video number two and three versus video number 200 or 300, you know, by that time they were animated, they're raising their voice, they've got silly things on, they're putting funny glasses on, and they've learned how to use the 3D effect of the camera. And so some of the students are starting to get into that. And the nice thing is those that are more creative, they're using that time and saying, I might be a YouTuber one day. I'm going to use this as my platform. And now you have three or four kids who are using what used to be a distracting clown-like personality that would end up getting them sent somewhere with a think sheet. Now they're able to perform on camera as long as they're acting like the captain of the team. So I used the sports analogy that I'm the coach. And the coach you can see in sports is a little bit older. I'm not going to run out there and chase you, but I know what you need to be doing. 
But in your group, there are some of you who really know what you need to do, and I want to appoint you captains so that we can have a winning team. And so we have to come up, what is our structure? What is our goal to win? Our goal to win is for all of us to be here, to do this, to have fun, to help each other out. Some people make their shots more easily. They weren't born making their shots. They just had more practice. They had someone who helped them out. So if you're gifted because someone helped you and you saw this, then it's your job to help out the team. And we're only as strong as the whole circle. So I say, you know, right here, we're all going to get to know each other. And it's taken some time to build that team effort. But now they understand if you're given a privilege of being a captain, that means I'm going to give you the power of leading the class as long as you're taking us to the end zone, the right end zone, and not backwards. And that takes some coaching after school sometimes, some one-on-one. You know, it's interesting how we found our, our leaders was when everyone's in the waiting room, I usually let them in five minutes early enough with some music in the background. But when I find someone that I want to share, that I want them to share, I let them into Zoom first. And so I have a one-on-one with them while everyone's in the waiting room. And I ask mm-hmm. them, is it okay if you share your screen today and then mm-hmm. we can work with that? So he started having them be a little bit goofy. And those little goofy guys um, were the ones that everybody wanted to see. When we started putting them in a breakout room and we had them do a form, who do you want to work with? And then we started to accommodate those people. The ones who were left behind were the ones who were like, who didn't want to put their camera on, who didn't want to participate. And and then um, now they're kind of left with me. And so I'm their breakout room. And they realized I better start putting my camera on and doing something or else they're left out. And so a lot of that started with just letting one at a time. And I was able to talk to them going, today I'm going to call on you. It's going to seem like just pretend you don't know. I'm going to call on you. It's going to be like, can you share your screen? And I'm going to talk about how, you know, how important it is to, even though you're wrong, it's one of those things that I prepped them before. And so that really helped. And that's how I, you know, they felt really special. And then all of a sudden now they're leading and we had to get our goofballs on our side first. And once they were leading, they have a lot of followers. And so once they saw that he was able to do it, other people are starting to put their cameras on. So about a good majority of our students now have their camera on. And that was because we just kept calling on them and having them do that, uh, just share out and calling home. And uh, and now they're sharing their screen. They just, they share their screen and they, it's a it's a group cast or it's a group, uh, you know, let's, let's do part of maybe one or two slides together and they're doing it. And if the person isn't there to copy it down, they're missing out. And so they realize that and they kind of go through that. He put a lot of uh, the videos on Edpuzzle and then had them do it. And sometimes he has the Edpuzzle going at the same time, right? Yeah. So, for example, we have three categories of students. We have those that want to do everything and their parents are encouraging them to communicate yeah. with us when yeah. they miss the point. Um, those are the few. We have the others that are sometimes getting on and sometimes doing the work, but they're inconsistent. And then we have a very small group now that still... It's a struggle getting this show up, and it's a struggle having them log in. So in a way, they each have their own needs. And so part of this is we don't want to lose the people who have no idea what's going on. Uh, we also don't want to bore those who are way above. So we're constantly differentiating instruction. What we do is, through the blended learning, what we do is we offer those who are doing it at home an opportunity to do it at home. Then they can help us with the first five to ten minutes by demonstrating how they did it, that provides a model for the students. We allow that small group who did the work that day or that week to have that time with their small group friends. So this is now a reward for those higher performers to be able to see their friends in a 
less restrictive environment because they've already done their work. That's their What kind of work are they, since I don't know what program you're using, is it kind of a Google slide model and some videos and they have to answer questions? Correct. Yeah, they're going to do an Ed puzzle. They're going to do a slide. They're going to complete it. They're going to turn it in. I have two programs that I'm able to monitor their responses and then go in and see their, their responses. And so I'm able to see that. However, what it does for the lower kids, it allows them to participate and see what other kids are doing. And once they see it and they hear it and they write it, that for me is a formative practice. And I, we cleared it with our administrator. I said, are you okay if we move away from so much summative and we do more formative? I would prefer to give them lots of opportunities. So for example, with mm -hmm. quizzes or Edpuzzle, I set them for do it as many times as yeah. you can. So if you get 20%, mm -hmm. but again, for 50, mm -hmm. do it again for 70. And uh, we're seeing um, improvements. They, they, they like it. They, they want to hear their peers answer it, and then they want a chance to do it themselves. And now, so we're seeing a steady progression up. But it did take, you know, what are we in the eighth week? We're in the eighth week, and so we did cut the trimester, and we said we're now on trimester 1B. We're starting a new Google Classroom. <laughs> we did. We started a new Google Classroom. We said we now know all of your parents and all of the stories about we told you to be Zooming on your phone were not true. No one's Zooming on their phone. You know, we never asked that. We never asked you to have your door closed. Yeah, we had great excuses. Yeah, we had all kinds of funny things to say. And, uh, you know, some kids are telling their parents that, you know, we told them to close the door and not be there. I'm like, no, no, no. Are you kidding me? I, I want your parent know. to sit right beside you. Everything they hear is so useful. I just ask not that they can't be in the camera. So it would be a little, I say it's a little awkward if they walk into our classroom. Because if they walk into my classroom and say, hi, how are you? Like, how can I help you? And usually the principal doesn't like that because we stop instruction. So I say you always have to have, that's part of the Zoom etiquette. Make sure your background's clear. Right. And if you have to do something that you send a private message, I'll be right back in three minutes. So when I call randomizer and you don't show if it's been more than a few minutes, I'm wondering what's going on. And we've already let parents know. And this is yeah. something that we do at our school. We will remove the student once they're not responding for three to five minutes. We mark it on Dojo and they get a phone call home that day or a text immediately saying, I'm not sure if your Internet cut out because we don't we're in a situation. We, we where do. We're, we're removing. I mean, after the fourth week, we were we were actively removing students. And at first they were like, great, I'm happy. But what they didn't realize is we were also calling going, um, they were removed because we didn't know where they were. And that's where we get the excuses of, well, he told me that he didn't have his camera off while doing all his work on his phone. I'm like, no, and, you know, those are the kind of, you know, but it took a while, eighth week for them to finally, and this was like daily phone calls because we have so many, we have 90 students. So, so the herd of yeah. 90 kitties are now walking in a pack. You know, <laughs> occasionally some of the kitties run away. Scroll off, but we get them back in. <laughs> yeah, they're interested in seeing each other. It is, it is like herding cats, but it, it's just, it's interesting now because they're starting to, to see that if they get removed, they immediately try to come back on because they know what happens after that. They're getting a text message, they're getting an email, and or they're getting a phone call if they don't come back right away, which is what I did last night at 6.30. Um, and, you know, I called someone at work and parents do not like to be called at work. And so I go, sorry, uh, why don't you call me at 5.30 or 6.30, whatever the time to get home. Um, so it's just, it's been a lot of work on our part. Yeah, we've, but, we've spent a lot of evenings and Saturdays and Sundays yeah. and the parents are so appreciative though. Yeah. Because they realize we went out of our way. So they, they, you know, we always have something positive to share first. You know, we talk about the accomplishments, even if it's like, you know, we're so happy we saw your child this week for the first time. 
Thank you. Once a week. Those little, those little victories, right? That's where they go, wait, once a week. Yeah, well, of, these, um, of these different suggestions, what would be the first one, you know, if you were, um, when you work with, with any kind of learner, you, can't, you don't want to try everything at once, but what would be the first step you would offer from this discussion with Leticia for someone like, you know, and there's lots of other people, all of us are in the same kind of space of, of having students who are not engaged. What would be the, the first step in like, oh, what could I try next week that you think was really, really helpful? What I found, they're really interested in seeing what they have to share. And so if we were to think and plan it ahead now, I would have started initially with a calendar of show and tell. And so I know that we don't have that much time, but for example, anybody who does have a kitty cat or a dog at home, a lot of kids can't, but they want to see each other's pets. Mm -hmm. So just having a time to check in with your kitty or your doggy is mm -hmm. a great and exciting way to either start or end. Also having a day that you show up with, you know, spirit day. We constantly hear about spirit day, but if they know about it in advance, they're not scrambling for something. So I would suggest that giving the kids a reason to be there and see each other sharing something. Yeah, I would start something you do, a new routine that you do the first thing right when you start class. And I didn't start that till I think the third week of just starting my novel and then my joke. First five minutes. And I started not doing attendance until 10 minutes into class. And that was very helpful because they didn't want to miss. But I also had to then implement attendance at the end of class because some of them were leaving before the end of class. Mm -hmm. so, so what do you do with that? Because I have that, you know, I hear the bling and they're gone. So mm -hmm. how do you report that they've left? Is that a call home? The ADA is really important for everybody's sake. And so what we're looking at is the participants on, um, we use Zoom. And so Zoom puts mm -hmm. all, this, all the students in their alphabetical. Part of what we practice with the students is make sure you have your first and last name. And then mm -hmm. on first and last name, if you use Class Dojo, you can sort them by first name. And so mm -hmm. I'm quickly able to see how many students are here. I know how many are in the class. And then at three points, in the beginning, in the middle, and the end, I'll just glance over. And while I'm having a student share something, I'm looking at their names and I can see who's there. I also now have a few trusty students who now are observing and they understand that uh, I'm giving them privileges. And so they're also helping me keep track of leaves and so it's kind of like a memory game a concentration game who's here and who just left and they'll send me a private message thanks for joining us today in this special episode of ask matt both matt and i have worked with these wonderful teachers before so it was a real treat to listen in as they discuss what their life is like right now and share strategies and ideas for how to move forward i hope we can all learn something from their experiences or at least develop a stronger understanding of the daily challenges our teachers face See you next time.